we've been on a journey as a church, uh, reading through the Bible, the, starting at this beginning of this year, reading through the Bible. And the theme is called Planted. And Planted actually comes from Psalms chapter 1. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Psalms chapter 1. I'm going to have a student come up and read for us. If you have your um, uh, phone app, you can go ahead and open that up and go to Psalms chapter 1. If you don't have either one of those, lucky for you, we're going to have this on the screen here. So come on up and read for us. So Psalms chapter 1, and we're going to read all of it. Here, man, use that. Pastor it up. Psalms 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sin, sit in the, company of, in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Yeah, thank you, man. So that's where we're at. That's what we're going to be looking at today, Psalms chapter 1. So how do you sum that up, though? How do you look at that scripture and sum it up? Like thinking to yourself when you got to teach your kid and tell your kid, hey, we read this. Do you remember what it's about? And so you can say, you know, it was, it was about right and wrong, or it was about good and bad, or it was about the blessed man and the wicked man, or maybe it was about uh, a healthy tree and, and not being blown away, or how I'll tell my students on Sunday and Wednesday night, it's like, don't be dumb, just get in the water, Right, And so um, there's all kinds of ways that we look at this and see it and want to sum it up. But we're going to break it down a little bit more to help us see what we should be, do, be doing. Because in life, it's, it's hard for us to try to figure out sometimes what's right and what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. And sometimes we don't always agree. And we know that more than any time right now. Like we don't always agree with the people around us in life, what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad. But for our spiritual lives... For our spiritual lives, there's got to be a gauge that we can do it, do, do that with. we gotta, we got to have something that we can say, yes, this is right. This is good according to God and his word. And that's what we're going to kind of look at today. We're going to jump into Psalms and try to read some of that and see what he actually says, the psalmist says, about what we should and shouldn't be doing. But did you notice when you were reading that first part, when you saw that first part, he starts off by saying what we shouldn't do before he says what we should do. And if you're not sure, you can look in your Bible and you'll see it. But let me explain a little bit more about what that means. Like, what, that doesn't make sense or, or why would he do that? Well, let me explain it like this. Sometimes we have to say no to something to say yes to other things. Okay, let me give you an example. Sometimes I need to say no to scrolling through my phone at midnight to say yes to a good night's sleep. Ah, there some heads. There you go. You can nod your head or like, ooh, ah, yep. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna give you another one. Uh, sometimes I have to say no to eating out every day to say yes to a smart financial decision. Thank you. There we go. Crowd participation. I have to say no to a third donut to say yes to being healthy. Ish. Yes. 
Sometimes I have to say no to bad decisions to say yes to good decisions. And that's what we're going to look at here in this, this passage that we, we just read. So in Psalms 1, he starts off by saying, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Is, you know, don't do this. Don't do that. But you look at it and you're, you start to think, um, okay, well, well let's, let's actually, let's first, let's break this down. There's some words in there. Yeah, let's, there's some words in there. The three words, walk, step, stand. Or, yeah, walk, step, stand. So these are the words that we're going to kind of look at. We're going to look at the words that he said in there is walk. They said step and he said stand. So what's wrong with that? Um, why does it tell us not to do that or be aware of that? And so as we look in here, we begin to see like what's wrong with walk? What's wrong with that? Why can't I walk? What's wrong with walking, stepping, and standing? Well, the psalmist begins to tell us that this will lead to a downward spiral if we're doing it with the wicked. Okay? So let's begin with the first word, walk. Um, It doesn't seem like that big of a deal to walk with someone, but it says uh, we shouldn't walk with the wicked. And so let me say the wicked is like the evil, the bad, the not good, the, the not going towards God. It says, uh, so what's wrong with walking? I mean, we walk with people all the time. We walk with them down, down the hall. We walk with them to the cafeteria, down to our conference room, to uh, the, the, the parking lot. We walk with people all the time. But what ends up happening when we walk with someone and we walk with them, we walk with them, what normally happens is we end up at the same place as that someone. And if we're not careful and we're walking with the wicked or those who are not godly, that place we end up at could be not good for us. So the second part, the second word talks about stand. Right, like have you ever been part of a conversation and you're walking with a person and you're like, uh-huh, yeah, and then it got so good. Like you just, like it got so good, you're like, hold on. You're telling me. Like, I can't walk and talk right now. We're standing. This is a good, you're telling me that happened? Like, that's amazing. Like, you just had, like, your focus, your attention, like, you can't stand or walk anymore. You just have to stand and have that conversation with them. Like, be careful of what you're doing. What's stopping you in your tracks? Like, we get so engaged and just, just right there in that conversation. We have to be aware and be careful what we're doing. The last word says sit, right? Sit in the company of mockers. Like you're walking in that conversation and it got good and then you, you got so good you had to stop. But then that conversation went from good to like delicious. And you're like, oh my goodness. Walk and talk, no thank you. That's too much thinking. Sit, stand and talk, no way. That's too much energy. We're now at a point in this conversation where it is so good, so amazing I have to sit. And what happens when you sit and have a conversation? You are fully committed. You are so engaged. You are in that conversation. You are needing to eat eye to eye with somebody. You are taking that conversation to a whole new level. And if you're not careful who you're having that conversation with, the company that you're upon, that could be a dangerous road that we're taking. So let me say this. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying, okay? Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be friends with the wicked, or unbelievers. I'm not saying that because even Jesus was ridiculed for being friends with unbelievers. But when Jesus hung out with them, he didn't hang out with them to become like them. He hung out with them in hopes that he would influence and impact them so that they would become like him. He didn't hang out with them to become like them. He wanted them to become like him. 
And so that's what I want you to be aware of. The psalmist is telling us to be aware of the people who are around us, not to unfriend the people around us. He's telling us to be aware of who we're walking with. Be aware of the things that stop us in our tracks. Be aware of why we sit down and who we sit down with. What takes all of our attention? So that's the question for you. What or who takes your attention? What or who stops you from walking and makes you sit down? What or who makes it so that you can't even walk? Something we know how to do. As soon as we wake up, we walk. It's something we do without even thinking. But something stops you in your tracks. It could be work, money, phone, social media, video games. Maybe that boy or girl. You know what I'm talking about. Um, or maybe even that secret that we don't want anybody to know about. We all have something that, we, that consumes us. We all have something that we need to be aware of when we walk, when we stand, and when we sit. Because if we do it wrong, this can lead to slow self-destruction. And it starts with something as harmless as walking. But the psalm, the psalm talks about being blessed. The psalmist wants us to be blessed. He wants us to have joy. It says that. It says blessed. That's the first word. It says, I want you to be blessed. Don't do this, but do this. And so now he moves on to what we should be doing. It says in verse 2, but rather whose delight, who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So let's, let's kind of look at this and break down some things a little bit. Well, let's start again at the end. What is the law of the Lord? Well, the psalmist at this time is writing to his people, the Jewish people, the Israelites, God's people. And he's saying to them, meditate, delight, have joy in the law of the Lord. And so what is the law of the Lord? For them, it was the Torah. For them, it was the first books of the Bible, the first five, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So for them, that's what it was. That was the law of the Lord. That's what they had. They had this little section. He says, delight in the law of the Lord. Meditate on this. And they did. They looked at it. They read through it. They memorized it. They tried to live their best life according to it. But now we get the sequel. Like we get like everything else. Like we get the best part of it. So now in our days, today, we get 66 books out of the Bible. We get all of this goodness. We get all of this to read about, and we even get Jesus to read about. And so as the psalmist says now, it's like delight and, t and, and meditate, take joy in the law of the Lord. So what is the law of the Lord? It's God's word. It's the Bible. It's his good stuff right here for us that we all should have. So that's what, that's what the law of the Lord is, his, his word. So the psalmist says, as blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord, which is God's word, and, and who meditates on his law day and night. So let's look at two more things in this little passage here. And the first word I want to look at is delight, and the second one is going to be meditate. But let's focus on delight real quick, because delight describes the great pleasures you take in something. Delight describes the great pleasure that we take in something. And so as you guys are looking at your Bible and you're reading through it, and as we as a church are reading through the Bible together, are you reading it just to read it? You're like, yeah, I like it. Or do you just take delight in this? Do you take great pleasure in reading God's word? Because that's what the Lord wants for you. That's what the psalmist is saying. He's like, man, you got to take delight in reading God's word. There's some good stuff in here. And so the second word is meditate. Medita meditate describes what we put all of our mental focus or energy into. 
And I hope you can see how this goes hand in hand. That whatever we put our mental focus and energy into, what just like what we just engage in all the time, most likely is what we delight in. If we didn't delight in it, we probably wouldn't meditate on it. And so I hope that you meditate on God's word, that you would not just meditate on God's word, but you would take delight in his word. So that day in and day out, you could have joy in this. But we all have something. We all have something we delight in, we meditate on. Like for me, for me it's mountain biking. I mean, well, like after God, you know, my kids, my wife, you know, the, the, you know, the important things. The, it's after that, it's, it's mountain biking. And so mountain biking for me is what I delight in. It's what I take joy in. It's what I, I meditate on a lot of times. I love going out with my kids. I like going out with my, my friends. I like going out with students and taking them. Like, like, I like going mountain biking. I like doing that. That's my thing. If I'm on YouTube, I'm probably researching mountain bike videos. When I'm out and about driving around, I'm looking for the nearest bike shop so that I can figure out where I need to go and look at bikes and see other bikes that I can't afford. When I'm out traveling, even if I have, don't have my bike, I'm out looking to see where the nearest bike trail is just in case, you know, like somebody might just say, hey, ride my bike for free, you know, right there. You know, I, I don't know. I take delight. I think about these things. I want to go do that. And if you tell me that you have a bike, you better believe that our next conversation is going to be about mountain biking. I take delight and joy in doing that stuff. But we all have this. We all have stuff that we take delight and meditate on. For many of you, it's like me. It's a hobby or a sport or work or school. It may be the video game that you love to play every time. Again, it could be our phones or that boy or that girl that we just can't stop thinking about. And some of these things are good. Some things are better than others. Some things we just need to stay away from. Um, but I love that the psalmist reminds us that it's God's word that we need to meditate on day and night. And so in verse 3, it says this, that the person, the person being, uh, that person being who meditates and, and delights in God's word, that person, it's that person. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaves do not wither, uh, whatever they do prospers. So that person that delights in God's word is in his word is, is, is something that's healthy. They're producing fruit. Their leaves are strong. They prosper. And so when, you, when, when, we, when we look at this stuff, I want to remind you guys something. I want you to look at this as this, that the person um, is like a tree. We are the tree. We are the tree. We're, we're supposed to be the healthy thing. We're supposed to be what's growing and producing fruit and being uh, strong, having strong leaves and, and, and prospering. Uh, and the water, the life source is this thing. It's our Bible. This is our life source. It's the law of the Lord. It's our Bible. This is the thing that we need to be consuming, that we need to be in, inside of so that we can make sure that we are strong in producing what God has called us to do. Whatever fruit that we, are, we have, that we may be standing strong so that we can be strong in him. And if you're a parent of a preteen or a teenager, you may know what it means to see something growing. You may know what it means to see something like that's growing and being strong and producing. Because when you look in your cupboards and you look in your refrigerator, stuff is gone. When you get in your car, it's probably because you're making another trip to the grocery store to feed that thing that keeps growing at home. 
Let me show you what this looks like. As a student pastor, I see this all the time. Here's what it looks like to have growing kids around. Okay, I didn't shrink in this picture. It may take you a little bit to figure this one out. Take a look at it. See, when you get it, you'll get it. It's the exact same students. On the top, they're in middle school. I'm the tall one. On the bottom, this is like their junior year. They're now like, this is like a two-year-old picture on the bottom. Uh, the top is them. That's their beginning stage of growing on the bottom. They've, they've emptied out the cabinets. They've emptied out the refrigerator. They have grown. And in fact, they have even grown more since this picture is taken. I think the person on the left is the short one in this picture. He's now the taller one in the picture. I am, again, the short kid. I will never leave it. But that is a picture of what it looks like to have growing students, what it looks like to have healthy, growing people around us. And we need to be in God's word so that we can be healthy and grow spiritually. And if you're struggling to grow spiritually, I get it. I get right now in this season of life that we all can say, you know, this has been a tough year, a tough time, a tough season for me to grow spiritually. I get it. It's been a weird year for us. But it's also been one of the hardest years for me as a pastor to watch. It's been a hard year for me to watch my family, my students, my friends, the people around me that I love struggle mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I've seen a lot of people talk about how this is one of the most spiritual times that they've struggled with. And I get it because it has been hard. But the hard thing about watching it and hearing people say this is that some of the people that say they struggle the worst spiritually are also the people who only depend on Sunday morning for their spiritual growth. It's also the same people who only go to church and say, that's the time that I'm going to get in God's word and eat from his word or drink from this. That's hard. Because we are not meant to survive on spiritual food once a week or month whenever you decide to come to church. We are not meant to eat our daily bread weekly. It's called daily bread because we're supposed to be in it daily. So I get it when people say they struggle spiritually. It's been a rough year, but we are not meant to survive on spiritual scraps from Sunday morning and try to spread that out throughout the week. We need to eat daily. It's called our daily food. It's called daily bread. We need to be aware of who we are walking with. We need to be aware of who and what we are stopping to stand with. And we need to be aware of what just stops us and makes us sit down and consumes all of our attention. Because what we should be doing is being like the tree that's planted in the stream of water, planted in God's word. That's what we should be doing. But what about those who don't do that? What about the people who say, nah, I'll do my own thing. Nah, it's cool. I don't need to do that daily. I, don't, I can do this on my own. What about those people? Well, let's read in chapter verse or verse 4. It says, not so the wicked. They are like chaff that gets blown away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. But the way of the wicked leads to destruction. 
Okay, let's, let's, let's jump back up real quick. Let's jump back up to that first part. Let's look at verse 4 again. It says, not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. So it says chaff that just gets blown away. If you're getting blown away, you're probably not rooted in anything. Let me show you what chaff kind of looks like. Because chaff is the husk or the grains of the covering of the seeds. Like when you go out into the harvest field and you're done harvesting the stuff that you need, the chaff is deemed useless. The chaff is what gets thrown on the ground and is not used for anything else. The chaff is what just sits there and when the wind comes, it just blows it away. The chaff isn't what people get excited about. The chaff isn't, isn't what gets rooted and produces the fruit. The chaff is just the leftovers. It's deemed useless. It's no good. And it just gets blown away to be used by nothing. Now, notice something that I may have missed. You may have missed. I missed it a little bit ago, like when I first started reading uh, this scripture. But then as you come back and read a little bit more, you see that in Psalms chapter 1. is isn't so much talking to, like, a person, but more like a group of people, a community of people. I don't know if you saw this, but let's throw some of these this back up on the screen here. It says, do not stand in the way of sinners. Uh, take or sit in, in the company of mockers. Okay, then continues to say, uh, not so the wicked. They are like the chaff in the wind that blows away. Therefore, the wicked will stand not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. There's, there's a group of people, there's a community of people here that is talking about. So it's not just saying, hey, don't hang out with Johnny. Like, Johnny, Johnny not be good, right? Like, don't hang out with him. Like it's saying, watch the community that you're with. Watch who you're hanging out with. Be careful of the people you surround yourselves with. Don't be like a chaff that just gets blown away in the wind. But together, grab some people that are going to help you be planted in the right thing so that you can grow spiritually. So that you can grow the way that you're supposed to be. Actually, you know what? Let's, let's look at that. Let's see what this looks like. Actually, um, uh, come on up. Um, Macaulay family, come on up. Let me, let me show this. Let me show you what this looks like. When we kind of come together as a community to stand strong. Because it's very easy, come on up on stage, come up on stage, there's over there. It's very easy for us to want to stand alone and think that we can do life alone. It's very easy for us to say, you know what, I got this. I don't need you, I don't need anybody else, I don't need the church. I can be home by myself. I don't need a community of people around us. Because we see in the Psalms that it's a community of people who are going to take you away from God. So if it's a community of people who can take you away from God, don't you think that you probably need a community of people who are going to help grow you closer to God? All right, so let's watch this happen. Brian, you're the tall one. Come here. Stand right here. You guys just watch as I beat up your dad. Okay. So we talk about these storms and the wind. There's a lot of stuff that comes our way, and sometimes it just takes one thing in our life to mess us up, to get us off track. As much as we think we're planted and strong, a lot of times we can't do it alone. So I want you to stand strong like a tree for me. Like a, I mean, is that, that's a cool tree, I guess. I mean, like a tree, like stand, get those roots in, man. All right, here's my tree, right? So sometimes it just takes one thing, one thing to come and just blow us away. Blow us, no, stand strong. I didn't, yeah, stand strong. Okay, don't let me push you over, man. Stand strong, like it, you stand, there, all right, it's just one thing that will put, nope, can't do it alone, can you? 
All right, this is your community. This is your family. This is your church. Go ahead. Put your arms around them. Be a group of trees that are standing next to each other. Come on this side. You can, you can, you can come on this side. Come next to mom. Come next to mom. You're all planted. You're like a forest now. Look, he's bracing. <laughs> he's, so now when, when things come, storms come, that community, those mockers that are trying to pull you away from God and make you go the other way, when you can get a good group of people around you, a good family around you, when times come to get pushed away, it, it's a lot harder this time. All right, thank you, man. Have a seat. Give it up for the Macaulay family. You see, here's the thing about Christianity is that we're not meant to do it alone. Jesus says, and Jesus didn't mean for us to do life alone. Nothing about scripture or what Jesus does or what the Bible says says do this by yourself. Because as we see in the Psalms, it says a community of people can take you down. A community of people can make you feel like a chaff that is blown away in the wind. But the opposite is true as well. That if we get right, if we get a community of people around us, then we can be strong and stand strong with the people around us. That's why we have this community here called the church. That's why we've decided as a church family to read through the Bible together. Because we want to hold each other accountable. We want to make sure that we are doing this together. That we don't say do this by yourself. But we're saying we want to do this together. And so for those of you who say, you know what, like I am a Christian. I've been, I've been reading through my Bible. I love the Lord. I come weekly. I read the Bible daily. Like how is that going? How are you doing? Are you really in God's word? Are you really a tr like a tree planted in the streams of water? How is the community around you? Are they drawing you closer to God? Or are they pulling you away from God? We all need people around us. We need to hold people accountable just as much as we need them to hold us accountable. Because I tell you what, storms are going to come. Winds are going to come. We could have another crazy year like 2020. People in your lives can get ill. We may see people in our lives who pass away. Maybe you see or are in the midst of a divorce or a bad breakup. Or maybe you just got cut from that sports team and you didn't make that sports team. Whatever it is for us, sometimes that crazy wind that we didn't expect can blow us and make us feel like chaff just blown in the wind. And we're falling over when we should be standing strong. Because if we know anything from 2020 is that we need a community of people around us. We need to be encouraged by people around us. We need God to be in our lives. We need to be in God's word so that we can be rooted in him. So that he can be our firm foundation when the craziness comes. Hey, Gen Kids, you guys have a great group of people that you meet with weekly. When you go into Gen Kids and you're hanging out in there and singing and dancing, make those people your best friends. Because you'll be able to hang out with them through the rest of elementary, through the rest of middle school and high school, and if you're lucky, even through the rest of your lives. If you're a student in here and you're not connected to Genesis Student Ministry, I would like to invite you to be connected into GSM. It's there that we value relational ministry and encourage students to know and own their faith and be connected to God and to others. Because we understand that doing life alone is not how we're meant to do life. And who knows, maybe you'll meet your husband or wife there too. So.
It's always a bonus. Adults, maybe this is your time that you say yes. You say yes to getting connected into a connection group. You say yes to connecting with those around you rather than showing up to church and leaving every day. It's your time to say yes to get connected to those who are around you who believe in the same thing that you do, that want to be connected to Jesus as much as you do. We are not meant to go through life alone. So if you are here today and you say, you know what, I'm not sure about this Jesus, I'm not sure who, who he is or I want to know more about him, you're in luck. We're reading through the Bible and we're learning about God. We're learning about Jesus. Join in on us and read through the Bible as we read through our series called Planted. Join us in that journey. Maybe you're here today and you say, I know who this Jesus is. I know I've heard you guys talk about him, but I've not made a commitment yet to him. Today's the day to make that commitment. Don't wait. Don't go home and do it. Don't wait until next week, although you can. But God's waiting for you today. He wants to have that relationship with you today. He's ready to connect with you today. He's ready for you to jump in the water with him today. He wants you to be strong with him today. Don't wait. Because Jesus died on the cross for you and I. Jesus died on the cross for you and I so that you and I could have a relationship with him. He died on the cross and rose again three days later so that he wasn't stuck in the ground, but that he could come and be alive with you and I so that we could have a relationship together. Jesus doesn't want us to live life alone. He wants us to meditate and delight in his word about the word of God. He wants us to delight in this. He delights in us. He meditates on us. We need to do the same back to him. God loves us so much. He doesn't want us to be alone. We need to be in Jesus. We need to have a firm foundation in Jesus and put all our faith and hope inside of Jesus Christ so that he could help us make it through the storms of life. When we are faithful to Jesus, he is faithful to us. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? God, thank you so much for today. Lord, we just thank you so much that we get to hear and see your word come to life. That we get to see this one little chapter about Psalms be something that we can take home and understand. That you want us to meditate on your word. That you want us to delight in you and in your word, God. That we are not meant to do life alone. That we are meant to do life with people around us, God. That we need to be aware of who we're walking with, who we, who we stand with, and who we sit with. God, would we find a community around us that would help grow us and grow us closer towards you and not pull us away from you? God, I thank you so much for this family that's here. We thank you so much for the little kids that are in here. Lord, we thank you for the students, the adults. God, we thank you for the band and, and, and the sound people and everybody that is able to come together to allow us to be Sunday morning church family. God, we just again ask that as we leave here, that we would find a community that would grow us close to you, that we would take delight in your word, that we would not make our Bible time Sunday morning time, but it would be our every time. God, we thank you for dying on the cross for us. God, and if there's anybody here that would love to invite you into their lives, Lord, would you make that real for them? Would you make it known to them that you died on the cross for them? No matter what they've done in the past, no matter what crowd they've hung out with, no matter what they've done, Lord, that you have died on the cross to take away their sin and have a relationship with them today. God, thank you for dying on the cross for me and allowing me to, to live a new life in you. God, we love you and we thank you for being our firm foundation.